0: Thank you for joining the Element Church Podcast, where we exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact. Wherever you're listening from today, we hope this message inspires and strengthens your faith. Well, this is one of my favorite Sundays of the year because this is the Sunday that almost every year has been 11, 12 years now. Uh, we've had our friend Joe Sangle with us uh, to not only preach the word in the morning, but to do a financial learning experience with us as well. And before I, I bring Joe up here, Joe's the founder and president of I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. Uh, he is by far the best communicator on winning with money that I've ever, ever heard in my life. He is inspirational. He is fun. He's exciting. He's funny. And he gives so much hope to our finances. And tonight, from 6 to 8 p.m., Joe's doing a financial learning experience right here at the church. If the event is free, uh, dinner is free, and childcare is free because of your generosity. We do have about 80 or so spots left, and we're pushing it all the way to the max here. We just opened up a few more spots today because we we're starting to get a little bit full. But we're going to push it about 80 more more spots, you do need to register to attend in person. So if you go to our website, elementchurch.life, and then go to the Next Steps page, uh, you can sign up for the FLE there. Uh, We are also offering it, if you're not able to attend in person or for our online-only family, we are offering it live tonight on our YouTube channel and on our Facebook page. You can also watch live online, and we'll provide a download link for you if you're watching live uh, to get the follow-along guide as well. Uh, But Joel, do that tonight. We hope that you'll be here. It's gonna be absolutely incredible. But this morning you get the chance to hear from Joe in our broken normal sermon series. So I want you to give the best element church welcome you can to our great friend Joe Sangle. Woo!
1: You fired up. Fist bump. Who's fired up to be a church today? Yes. And I do welcome all of our online attenders as well. I'm so excited that you've joined us as well today. And I really pray that this message is a blessing to you, offers you hope, encouragement, and some enthusiasm in your area of finances. But first, I do want to say a special thank you to Pastor Jeff and to his bride, Sabrina. You know, tomorrow will mark 12 years ago. That was the first time I spoke here in Cheyenne at Element Church. And God has done a mighty work here through you. And I'm just so grateful way back then that you took a chance on this wildly and maybe over-exuberant individual uh, to come speak here all of these years. Uh, I do want to ask a question. Has anything strange happened out here in Cheyenne over the last year since I was here last? Anything weird, unusual? Unusual? You know, worldwide shutdown, pandemic, you know, random things like that. Stock market collapse on March 23rd and 4th of this year. It was kind of awesome, right? We saw it again, 401ks turned into 201ks and then into a box of special K. And then inexplicably roared back up until GameStop happened. Some of you are still wondering what happened. Uh, I think the SEC is wondering what happened. And so we'll figure that out. And maybe I'll explain a little bit of that tonight in the current events section of the financial learning experience. But here's what I know. Uh, We're talking about broken normal. And I think it's such a great name of this series. And pastors talk about hurry sickness and that sort of thing. And today we're going to talk about, I don't want to go back to the normal of our financial health. You know, over these last 12 years, I have focused on delivering messages on money, on how to honor God with everything he's given you and blessed you with. And we've talked about uh, lots of details and all of these messages have focused on four big things. There's really four things you can do with money if you think about it, right? There's four things. You can give it, you can save it, you can invest it, or you can spend it, right? That's kind of the four things you can do with money. I guess you could burn it. I mean, I wouldn't recommend that. Um, But here's what I know. Uh, In this last 12 years, since I first spoke here February 1, 2009, incomes have increased. Woo, get fired up. Home values have increased. If you owned a home in 2009, you're fired up. If you're having to buy one right now, you're not as fired up, right? But we know that that's happened. We know the stock market has increased, opportunities increased, yet we see financial healthiness rampant and everywhere. Isn't it crazy? All the things that we think will help us, housing prices going up, incomes going up, right? All of that stuff, the stock market going up, we think that's gonna help us, yet it hasn't helped most people. In fact, there's financial healthiness, unhealthiness, everywhere. Because in spite of all the improvements, many people chose not to give or they didn't increase their giving at all. Uh, Now, forgetting the massive economic declines this nation faced in 2008 and 9, does anybody remember that? 2008 and 9, remember that? Do you remember the one, the dot-com bubble in 2001, 2, and 3? Anybody remember that one? Anybody remember the recession of 97? Anyone? Anybody remember the collapse in 87? Anybody remember that one? Do I need to go back further? Because it seems to be cyclical yeah. with finances. These strange things happening with our money. In fact, there was a, uh, be, besides all this great increase in income, Americans still chose not to save money. Yeah. In fact, the Federal Reserve released a stat I wanted to share it with you. It says, when faced with an unexpected expense of $400 or more, 40% of people could not pay for it. $400. $400. That was a study done in late 2019 before the pandemic. That's why this is a major thing that if that's normal, we don't want to go back to that. And as God's people who have access to the greatest money book ever written, and you found it in every hotel you've ever stayed in probably, placed by the Gideons, You can read that great money book, the Holy Bible, and it gives great wisdom for all of your life, including for your money, and I'm so glad for that. You know, in 2012, I delivered a message here, and I know you all remember exactly what I spoke about, but in case you have a momentary lapse, because I know you've just kept detailed notes, um, I spoke on Joseph and the seven-year famine that God had revealed to Pharaoh. There'd be seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine, and I said, hey, you need to make sure you're prepared for a famine. Because here, newsflash, famines do not send announcements ahead of their arrival. So many people enter the famine and say, it's time to save money. It's time to put some back. But guess what? The time to store is when things are plenty. There's no ability to do that in lack. So I'll just say it again today. This is not the last famine. This is not the last financial issue. This is not the last time there's going to be a downturn. Like, take it to the bank. God gives you breath, and you get to live some more years. It's going to happen again. I can't predict when. I can't predict how. But it's going to happen again. And everybody my age with gray hair and no hair would say amen. It's going to happen. And so let's talk about this. You know, investing has been an activity that many participated in. Maybe you have with your company retirement plan or you have your own IRA or maybe you've invested in a small business, precious metals. But here's the fact. Even with all of this important activity, the Federal Reserve study that I just referenced showed that only 52% of American families had made any sort of investment in the stock market. So while the stock market has went way up, it's crazy. 48% of Americans have experienced none of it. When I took this stage, February 1, 2009, The Dow Jones Industrial Average had ended at 7,936.83 points. It closed Friday, two days ago, at 29,982. That's a gain of only 277%. Get fired up. Listen, and 48% of Americans didn't experience any of it. Why? Because we're too busy spending our money. we got to have it. we got to spend the money now. We need more money. We need more money. I need it to spend it. Give me more money. Have you ever been there? I have. And here's what I know. This is a huge issue. It's so sad and it's contributed to financial unhealthiness. And if that's normal, can I get somebody to join me in saying, I don't want to go back there. I mean, that is horribly unhealthy. Prior to COVID-19, at least 70% of Americans lived paycheck to paycheck. This means seven out of 10 Americans could not survive missing one paycheck without falling behind on one or more bills. The majority of Americans, more than 60%, do not prepare or follow a monthly budget. The most simple of financial tools, of which I will teach again today in the financial learning experience, and I will be fired up about it. I know you were shocked that I'll be fired up about it. Now watch this. The average American household now has $38,000 in consumer debt. this, This is very, very uplifting, isn't it? Not counting the mortgage. The average car payment for a new car is $550 a month, $393 a month for used cars, and the average cost in January for the first time ever. I'm talking about the family driver car. The average cost of a new car, not a truck, a car, cleared $40,000 for a car, right? Basically four doors and a steering wheel, 40K, get fired up. That's crazy. And so here, our national debt has soared. At the end of the 2008 fiscal year, our nation had 9.986 trillion in debt. In 2021, today, 27.836 trillion. Woo, get fired up. That's an increase of 178%. But let me put this in personal terms because how many hear trillion and you might as well say squillions? Anybody trillion, squillions? And you know what a Google is, right? You hear about Google, do you know what Google is? It's a one followed by 100 zeros. It's a unit of measure, a Google, a one followed by 100 zeros. Like that seems like I can't even comprehend it. So let me help you comprehend it. Who here has ever paid taxes to the government before? Anybody paid some taxes? Yeah, I'll get some taxpayers. So if you're a taxpayer, watch this. If we divide that national debt by every taxpayer, because not all of us are taxpayers, right? Like my children, you know, my 10-year-old, he's not paying taxes yet, right? My seven-year-old, she's not paying taxes yet. If you divide it amongst taxpaying Americans, it's only $222,191 of debt each. Like that's like a house, only you don't have anything for it. Right? Is that crazy? Okay. So if that's a good economy, I don't want to go back. How about you? It's broken, normal, because poor financial health affects every area of our life. you know that, right? Have you ever had money affect your relationships, affect marriages, right, with siblings? It's affected your relationship with your children, perhaps. It affects our health. We see people constantly uh, have negative events happen due to financial issues. Think about this. If you're broke, You'll you'll, uh, you'll have to be near death before you go to the doctor. Is that true? You'll forego getting preventive care visits. You'll not go to the dentist for the cleanings. You won't go get the new glasses. It's been 21 years since you got new glasses, right? And you'll forego that and it affects our health. It affects relationships, it affects health and it affects our spiritual life. When you have financial issues, it's hard to hear the call of God in your life, isn't it? Because you'll be sitting there, God's calling you to do something, calling you to start a business, and you have $4.13 in your bank account. And you're like, God, I can't afford to do that. I cannot do that. And you will argue with a holy God because of your financial mess. And the reason I share it is I've been there. And so if that's normal, I don't want to go back. Who's ready for a new normal? Anybody want a new normal? Okay, so today, if you're commenting online, you know, you can share that you want to go back to a new normal. And so today, I want to give a message that's unlike other messages that I have delivered before. The other messages over these last 12 years have been kind of one, two, three point services, uh, do this, don't do that, one, two, three. Today, I'm going to phrase it in forms of questions. How many of you found that if you ask really good questions, you get really good answers and it helps you learn more about yourself and about the people you're asking questions of. You know, many people, when they see their financial crisis, when they have financial dysfunction, they believe the answer to their problem is more money. Have you ever tried that? I remember when I was broken, I just didn't have any knowledge about money or how to manage it very well. And so I started out my money journey really when I decided to go to college, which really was an evasive technique to avoid working for four years. I don't know if any of you have, that's how much thought I put into college. Start working or avoid it for four years. I will choose that one. So I go to Purdue University and uh, I start studying engineering. And I wasn't a very smart student. I got a 2.64 GPA, get fired up. I graduated thank the loudy, not cum laude. And I also got student loan debt from Sally May, because I had no money. Is anybody dating Sally Mae or Federal Direct Loan, Nelnet, Gray Lake Servicing? Yes. It's a long-term relationship, isn't it? So I just, it was amazing. All I had to do was go to the bursar's office, which I didn't even know what a bursar was until I realized they just take all your money. And all I had to do was sign some paper and they let me stay. Isn't that amazing? Sally May took care of it for me. And then I graduated and she sent me a love letter saying, you've got to pay me back. That was alarming. And I had tens of thousands of dollars of student loan debt. I got a credit card my first week in there and started swiping away. I graduated thousands of dollars of credit card debt. I graduated and I needed a different car. The one I was driving had caught on fire twice. So I needed a different car. Do you agree if your car catches on fire twice, you should probably get another car. But, but I wanted a new car. So guess what I done did? Yeah, I bought myself a new car and I financed it forever. And then I, I read in this lost book of the Bible, first book of hesitations, chapter three, verse one, that every guy needs a truck. I made that up. So I bought a truck, hundred percent financing. And then I asked my college sweetheart to marry me. She said, yes, I financed the engagement ring, the wedding ring, the wedding and the honeymoon to Jamaica, all of my credit card. And then uh, we, we wanted a house. So we bought a house somehow miraculously and then we wanted furniture so we financed it too and I had the audacity to look at a holy God and say the problem is not me it is you you need to send more money my way have you ever tried that that is broken and God literally is speaking to me saying look at what you have done with what I have given you why on earth would I give you more money It's kind of like the child, you know, the child that, that, you know, like my middle and my son who breaks everything. He's very talented. He just destroys. He's destructive, boy. Like it's hard to give him a brand new toy when you know he's destroyed the last seven. It's like, if I give you another one, I'm not sure you're going to be a good steward of it. Praise the Lord. God's delivering him of it a little bit, but he's guessed he's still got it on the football field, which is awesome. But here's, here's the big idea of today's message. Are you ready? Most people believe the answer to their money problems is to get more money. The real solution is to wisely use God's provision every single day. It's not not to do it for years, don't think about years. What about today? If you're faithful today, and you're faithful tomorrow on that day, and you're faithful the next day, watch what happens. There's a trend that happens. I didn't learn much in engineering school as evidenced by my 2.64 GPA. But i do know that a line is the distance between two points and if you have enough points it causes a trend to happen and if you wisely use god's resources every single day let me tell you friend you'll see god do amazing things and so i want to ask some questions of you today are you guys ready for some questions i want to ask these in a way that is healthy and i want you to ask yourself these questions you're watching online Hey, I want you to be honest with yourself. And the beautiful thing is when you're watching online, you can just say your answer out loud and no one's going to hear it. In this room, you can say it, but we might hear you, but that's okay. Uh, You can answer the question. Here's the first question. I'm going to ask four questions. The first question is this. Will this prevent me from living generously? Whenever you're making a financial decision, whenever you're planning the use of money... When you're thinking about embarking on a new debt arrangement, buying some house, car, vehicle, going to college, whatever it might be, this relationship, will this decision prevent me from living generously? That is a great question. In fact, as I started to get my money in order, that was an area of my life that did not exist, is living generously. And I realized there's really two ways. Like if you're doing opposite day, what is the opposite of giving? Giving taking, isn't it? And that's what I found in my life as I was on the taking side and there was no giving. And I had to ask myself the question with all of the decisions I was making, are these decisions helping me live generously? And will they prevent me from living generously? In fact, this is the giving question in First Timothy 6, verses 17 through 19. We get this command and it says, command those who are rich in this present world Not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. But to do what? Put put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Do you see the generosity? In this way, in this way, through generosity. Watch this. In this way you will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life Woo! that is truly life. And when I'm thinking about generosity, I am talking about returning to the Lord, the first fruits, the tithe, the first 10%. But I'm also talking about giving to people as you see needs. When you're making financial decisions, ask yourself this question, will this prevent me from living generously? You know, when I look in that verse, I see two don'ts and five do's. It says, don't put your hope in wealth. It's so uncertain. Can I get a witness? It's uncertain. Don't do that. And then it says, it also says, don't be arrogant. So if you're being arrogant, knock that off, right? Okay. Don't be arrogant. Don't put your hope in wealth. And then there's five do's in that thing. There, there's five. It says to what? To put your hope in God. He's trustworthy. And and, and then it says to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and to be willing to share. When you're making a financial decision, ask yourself, will this prevent me from living generously? You know, I was not able to live this in my life until I put together a budget. Now, Joe Sangle is a spender. Where are my spenders at today? Identify yourselves. I mean, I am a talented spender. I had a bad case of shiny stuff syndrome, and it was deep. Like, I would go out at lunch, spend too much on lunch, and accidentally buy a truck. Like, that's bad. It's bad for your marriage. It's bad for lots of things, right? Is anybody that type of spender in the house? Anybody online? Okay. Anybody, anybody accidentally bought stuff? Like, you just accidentally did it. Like, you didn't even know the item existed. You saw it. It went straight past once, straight to need. I need it. And you bought it. And I realized that in my financial chaos and my mess with my car, my truck, and all my junk, that not one time had I asked myself the question, hey, will this decision prevent me from living generously? This is why I needed a bumper sticker saying I'm driving God's tithe. Because I had taken the tithe and instead sent it off to General Motors. And I did it twice. And I realized I was asking God to bless me and I'm not even following Bible 101. Will this decision prevent me from living generously? So we put together this budget. I didn't want to, but my bride wanted to. And she was cute. So I decided to look at this budget she had prepared. And then I realized it could be an Excel spreadsheet. Yes. And we put together this budget and then we did something crazy. We followed it. And we put God first Amen. and short time after we were doing that, we started putting a second line item in it called intentionally bless others every month before the month begins, before we get paid, before the banks and all the utilities send love letters wanting money. We put a line item called God's tithe and the second line item intentionally bless others because we want to be known as generous people. We all do. And so as a result, we started following this and there's nothing that is more great than being able to give. And it turns out when you put a line item in your budget called intentionally bless others, God will give you chances to bless others. It is awesome. And I carry money in my pocket everywhere I go. There's some tens, there's some ones. There's some 20s, and there might even be a Ben Franklin in there. Every month. And we give it away. We've invited our kids into the journey. I got a 21-year-old, I got a 10-year-old, and a 7-year-old. And they know it exists, and when they see a need with a friend, they see a, my son will not let us pass somebody standing on the corner saying, help me. He will, he will literally jump in front of us, won't let us drive anymore, saying, you have money, go bless them. Let me tell you, there's nothing greater. Hey, you want to have a new normal, one that gives you joy, one that gets you fired up? Ask yourself that question every time before you spend money. Will this prevent me from living generously? Oh, by the way, there's all these promises from God about what happens when you give. You can find those, write those down. Malachi 3.10, something about giving blessings you can't contain. And Luke 6.38, for with the measure you use, it'll be measured back to press down, shaken together. Running over shall be poured in your lap. King James Version, thou shalt get fired up. Will this prevent me from living generously? The second question I want to ask, and I ask myself this every time before I make a money decision, is will this erode our financial margin? Will this erode our our margin, our financial margin? It's a savings question. You know, I found this great verse in the book of Ecclesiastes. It's really a book of wisdom from Solomon, Widely regarded as one of the wisest people who ever lived, perhaps maybe the wisest. And this verse is recorded in chapter 7, verse 12, and it says, Wisdom is a shelter as money is a shelter. Isn't that awesome? But it says, But the advantage of knowledge is this wisdom preserves those who have it. Wisdom with margin, that is a powerful combination, it's a shelter. It's protection. And any of us here who've had savings and then had a time in our life without savings, we know that life is different. We sleep different. We breathe different. We relate different with our family. Anybody tried to pay your bills and your kids are running around and you have no margin, right? And you've been in there seven hours and 45 minutes trying to figure out how to pay all these bills and your kids are coming in, they come running in and you're like, what do you want? And your child's like, ah, and then say, I just wanted to come say, I love you, daddy. And they run away. Have you ever had proud parenting moments like that? And why were you that way? Because of decisions in the past where you chose to spend every dollar. Listen, I hear lots of stories. I get to teach this stuff. I've been blessed to teach this stuff for over, over 15 years, all over God's green earth. And I hear lots of people talking about all the issues with why they don't have savings, but can we just get honest today? We are in church, we promote honesty. Hey, if we've had a job for 20 years and we still have no savings, can we finally be honest and say, hey, maybe, maybe we're part of the problem? Will this erode my financial margin? See, without financial margin, you cannot prosper. And as I shared the stats at the start of this, this is where the majority of people are right now. No margin, spending it all and telling God, send me more. And I urge you, manage your money today wisely. Not tomorrow, not the next day, today. Watch what happens. And then ask God to help you again. His mercies are new every day. And do it again. See, here's what I know. Do you know how you react when you have no savings and your car break is starting to make sounds? You know how it is, right? You reach out your hand and you rebuke it in the name of Jesus and then you turn up the radio so you don't hear it. I got in a car with a buddy one day and he had three post-it notes on, his, on the dashboard. And I realized it was cause lights were on and he didn't wanna see them. I wanted out of the car and it broke down by the way. Jesus did not heal his car for the 71st time. See, that goes away. That fear, when you hear that sound, it goes away when you have margin. Do you know what happens when you have no margin? You have stress. You have worry. Think about these emotions. You have anxiety. You have frustration. You have anger. And let's be real. It yields really awful emotions like shame and humiliation. They are not of the Lord. He came that you might have peace. That it is for freedom that Christ has set us free in liberty. And when you ask yourself this question, the savings question, will this erode financial margin? It will change you. I remember paying my bills and I was broke and I'd feel the stress. I know none of you have ever felt this, but I'd go to pay my bills and all of a sudden it felt like somebody turned up the blast furnace. And it's like a thousand degrees, my face would flush, my upper lip would sweat and I had to resist the urge to fight or flight. Has anybody ever been there? Hey, let me tell you something. That has never went away. Even as God has blessed me, those feelings still show up. Why? Because I have money wounds in the past. I'm not I'm not praying to God to remove those feelings. I'm just praying for God to give me the strength to continue to make wise decisions and to be able to answer this question Will this erode financial margin? Will this prevent me from living generously? And then the third question is does this help us prepare for the future? Does this, whatever this decision is, help us prepare for the future? It's really the investing question. In 2 Corinthians 9, 6, it says, remember this, I like that, whoever sows sparingly, help me, will reap? Talk to me. Whoever sows sparingly will reap what? Sparingly. And whoever sows generously will reap? Generously. And, and it's inferred that he who sows nothing will reap what? So at your current rate of investment, what type of harvest can you reasonably expect to receive? You see, is it preparing for the future? Because I wanna ask the question today of everybody online, everybody in this room, does anybody here have a dream that is so big that if you looked at the bank account for that dream, to fund that dream, the, word, the letters NSF, not sufficient funds would show up? Anybody got a, got a dream bigger in your bank account? Anybody? For your kids, for your grandkids, for your life? Hey, listen, the reason God has it that way is so that he can show up and show out so that you will never get the credit when God funds that calling he has in your life, so that you will give him all the glory and just perhaps that all of your neighbors who do not know him would see what God has done for you and say, I know you. There's no way you could have done that. How did that happen? And you get to give God all the glory. So I say, I glory when I see God calling me to do something that I have no idea will get funded. When I see God calling me to do something that sounds utterly ridiculous because I know that my God owns a cattle on a thousand hills and that if he's called me to it, there's nothing that is gonna prevent it. But the only thing that will prevent it is if I choose not to follow his principles. And I don't ask myself honest questions. Does this help me prepare for the future? You know, Proverbs ten twenty two says, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. Without painful toil for it. In other words, you don't have to work for all the blessings. This is incredible. Has anybody ever had God just show up and shower you with a blessing? Undeserved, unmerited. Man, it's unbelievable, isn't it? It's so awesome. You're like, how do I get more of that? That is awesome. How do you get more of that? Living wisely every day. Let me tell you about a crazy moment that happened recently for my dad. My dad is a picker. I didn't know that was a term. I just thought he was a junk collector as a kid. Anybody know any pickers? Uh, now, now they have to show American pickers. But my dad, he has no problems breaking up with stuff. Like he collects stuff, but he, he's glad to break up with it. So he's always buying and selling. The basement's always full. We always had junk keeps in front of the barn. It was awesome. And so one day he bought a giant bell from a church, a giant bell. I'm talking this big. It took a crane to bring it to the house. And me and my twin would ring it And then plug our ears. And people still talk about hearing this bell ring at random moments from miles away, a giant bell. And then he sold it and it was awesome. But anyhow, uh, he called me right before Thanksgiving and he's 82, he's awesome. He's fired up. I don't know where I got my fired up from until I see him. But anyhow, he goes to these auctions and in all these auctions, my dad is the sucker for the end of the auction when they have all the junk nobody wants. And they said, all this stuff here for a dollar. Who bids me a dollar? My dad is always, me, 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 to which my mom immediately. So he brought home all this junk and he's got all this stuff in the garage. And in the wintertime, he starts working through it. So my dad calls me. He never calls me. He has a flip phone. Okay? So he, when it says dad's angle, I'm like, who died? So he calls and he's out of breath. He's like, Joe, I'm out here digging in this box. And I, I think I found gold. I'm like, whatever. And I, I, did, I didn't even bother to say, send me a picture. I said, when's mom going to get home and have her take pictures and text them to me? Because texting is not in his realm of abilities. Anyhow, I get this picture, and I get this picture. I'm going to share it with you. And I was like, oh, my goodness. It looks like gold. And he said, there's two bottles. There's another little bottle, and I'm going to show you the second picture. And, I mean, this is, this is a little bit of gray stuff, and he starts naming some names on these bottles. And I, he bought all this junk for a dollar. He doesn't even know where it came from. And so, uh, take it down. Uh, we'll show you that here in a second. It, it turns out that that stuff that looked like gold, it was actually 50% silver and there's 24 ounces of it. But that little gray stuff, show that right there. I found a refiner and it had gold in it. Right, let's show the next picture. And it had gold. exact ounces of pure gold in it. A dollar box of junk had 4.0000 ounces of gold that sold for $1,838 an ounce. Here's the blessing of the Lord. My dad had made a decision to buy a new car for mama. And so we left from that spot and went and bought the new car for mama. That is the blessing of the Lord, unmerited, no toil for it. I have no idea how that happened, but we've all had moments in our life where that type of moment happens. For this moment, it's like I literally, my dad found gold in a dollar box at an auction. Better than the money is the story he's gonna tell till he dies. That is the blessing of the Lord. And I'm here to tell you, When you manage your money in a way that honors God, you're gonna look back and you're gonna see these moments where God showed up and literally poured gold in your life and you have no idea how it happened. I've seen that happen over and over in my life. When you ask yourself about a decision, ask yourself these three questions. Does this prevent me from living generously? Does this erode financial margin? Does this help us prepare for the future? And the fourth one is, does this maximize the use of each dollar? Will this maximize the use of each dollar? This is the planning question. And Proverbs 21.5 says, the plans of the diligent, it'll lead to what? Profit, money left over. As surely as haste leads to poverty. And really this is what happens when you prepare a budget. And I want to stand here and proclaim what God has done in my life. When I stood here February 1st of 2009, 12 years ago tomorrow, I had prepared a budget 68 consecutive months. I had prepared and followed a budget with my bride 68 consecutive months. That's five years, eight months. That, that, that's, that's pretty consistent, isn't it? I can go pull up every budget some of them were handwritten, then they're in Excel, and I, we printed them out. I've got every single, so it was every day, say, I'm going to live wisely today. I'm going to ask myself these four questions. Will this help me, l- prevent me from living generously? Does this erode financial margin? Does this help me prepare for the future? Will this maximize every single dollar? Every single month, 68 months. Do you think we made financial progress in that 68 months? 100%. Do you think God blessed us as a result? 100%. We became debt free except for our house in 14 months. We were able to leave corporate America and I got to negotiate myself a 50% pay cut. Yes, to go to work for a church. But I could still prosper because my debt was gone. Does that make sense? And some of you have a calling in your life to do something that makes less money and you can't do it right now because you have obligations. But if you live this way for a while and you ask yourself these questions and you answer them honestly with God's blessing upon it, you could go do the thing that makes less money but still prosper. And as a result, we continue to do this. You know, when I spoke here in January 22nd of 2012, I had budgeted 104 consecutive months. When I spoke here on January 25th, 2015, we had budgeted every month before the month begins, before we got paid, before the bills showed up for 140 consecutive months. Today, as I stand here, we just finished our 212th consecutive month of budgeting. It's five months short of 18 straight years. And when you look back over those almost 18 years, I can just tell you this, God is faithful. God is faithful. When I look back and see how generous we've been able to be, I cannot believe it. I don't know how it happened. When I look back and say that God has blessed us with eight businesses, when I used to have an average bank balance of $4.13, all I can say is, because of God. None of it would have happened if I hadn't gotten honest and real with myself and applying God's word at that moment. Because I chose to start investing, God blew it up. And now I get to see numbers with zeros behind them. And I don't, I don't even understand how that happened. All I can say is God's word is true. That when you wisely live every day, this way, God's way, he will show up and do things you cannot imagine. So my question for you today is what has normal looked like for you over the past many years? Leading up to the pandemic, what was normal? Are you happy with it? Hey, everybody online, were you honoring God with the first fruits? Were you living generously? Did you have margin? Were you preparing for the future? Did you maximize each dollar? Hey, was normal broken? I want to finish with this final thought. What if we viewed money not as a problem to be fixed, but as an opportunity to show Jesus to our family and our neighbors? Think about it. What if we chose Generosity over greed. What if we chose selflessness over selfishness? Hey, let me press in on something that was real in the pandemic. What if we chose sharing over hoarding? Like simple things like toilet paper. (laughs) There are people with 21 years of toilet paper in their house. The reason there's a housing boom is they're having to expand to store their toilet paper. (laughs) Am I right? Am I right? It's where it's revealed of the heart. If you found yourself doing this, all for me, all for me, all for me, all for me, at the start of the pandemic, hey, listen, it's a revelation of where your heart is. Do you serve a God of lack or a God of plenty? This is a moment. Do you want to go back or do you want new? What if we chose to invest some instead of spend it all? What if we chose to budget every month instead of only when we're frustrated? And what if we chose to meet others' needs because we're actually looking for others' needs? I would tell you then, my friends, your friends, your family, they'll experience Jesus through this. And when God does it, Jesus will get the glory. And when they see it happen, Maybe, just maybe, as I've seen happen many times as I've done coaching, people who are far from Christ, who would never darken the doors of a church, would realize that this stuff in God's word is relevant to their very day, every day. And then they will consider the claims of Christ. let me tell you, my friends, this is an open door of evangelism in this moment. As you live this, as they see you living generously in the midst of crazy times, as they see you having margin and they have no idea how that happened and they see investments happen and it allows you to live more generously, just maybe salvation will enter their house. Yes. That is what it's all for anyhow because Jesus says, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And he reveals he doesn't care about the money. He just knows that the money is connected to your heart and he's in the heart business, isn't he? And so I just ask you today, what was normal like? Do you wanna go back? Ask yourself these four questions. Will you do it? Hey, will this decision prevent me from living generously? I dare you this month to add intentionally bless others to your budget. Even if it's five bucks, watch what God does. Will this erode my financial margin? Margin allows you to moving forward to pursue God's calling in your life. Will this help me prepare for the future? Will this help me maximize every single dollar? Hey, this afternoon, I would really invite you to the financial learning experience. It's gonna be a practical equipping workshop. Many people have been through it. It's a great reminder for those of you who've been here. I hope you'll come back. If you've never been a part of it, there's over 100 free financial tools and I'll share with you everything God has done in my life, the practical ways to make God's spiritual principles come true in your life. And just maybe, just maybe, 208 months from now, you'll say i budgeted 208 consecutive months. The Lord has been good to me. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for every life that is represented at Element Church today, both online and in this room. God, I pray today that we will be honest with ourselves, that we will see what was broken in our past normal. God, I know you're the great healer. Many of us have money wounds. We have had periods of scarcity and lack. God, we've had people misuse money. We've been cheated. We've been stole from, God. I know that stuff has happened. God, I pray that the spirit of forgiveness would enter this place. God, I pray that you would deliver us from a spirit of greed and of selfishness. God, I pray that you would allow us to be known as generous people. Help us to be true to your word. And when people see what you have done, Lord, may salvation enter their household. We love you, Jesus. And it's in your name that we pray this. Amen.
0: Amen. Show Joe some honor, would you? That's awesome. Great job, Joe. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast or follow us on social media. To learn more about our gathering times in Cheyenne, Wyoming, or to take your next step, visit our website, elementchurch.life. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next week right here on the Element Church Podcast.